0: My guest, Dylan Kruger, Delta City Councillor, and it's always great to have him on. Dylan, thanks for coming on.
1: Mike, thanks for having me.
0: I always appreciate you coming on because I love to get a young person's perspective here, and you're one of the sort of dynamic young leaders in the city. What do you think when you listen to Mr. Wonderful there, Kevin O'Leary? Look, stop buying the lattes, okay? Make your lunch at home. Stop wasting your money. What do you think of that message?
1: <laughs> look, I, uh, I also like Mr. Wonderful. I think he's very entertaining. I enjoy listening to him. And I'm all for scrimping and saving. Don't get me wrong, but I, I think it's a little bit unrealistic to say that you know if folks just stopped buying their lattes and started making their sandwiches at home. It would make such an insurmountable difference—the difference between being able to have a down payment and not. So let's go through that, Mike. So like, his first point sure. on the lattes: okay, five dollars a day for a latte. First of all, a lot of people don't do that, but let's say you did. Let's say we we I, I buy a five dollar latte five days a week when I go to work. Uh, and I forego that, that's a uh, hundred bucks a month, that's $1,200 a year. So if I forego lattes for about a hundred years, I might have a good down payment there. <laughs> let's let's add in the sandwiches, 15 bucks for a sandwich. Now, you know, I'm a reasonably frugal person. I I, I like to uh, bring my lunch to work four days a week, but maybe on Fridays I like to eat out and get a $15 sandwich. Okay, if I forego eating out, on Fridays. There's another 720 bucks a year. You know what? Let's be generous. Let's call that another 1,200. We just cut the timeline for a down payment from 100 years down to 50. So (laughs) I just want a little bit of realism when we realize the gap that we're in and the crunch that those under 40 are in in this very serious affordability crisis.
0: Okay, let's listen to a little bit more of his advice here. Get your thoughts on this. So here is businessman Kevin O'Leary. He's been a He's been one of our favorite guests on the show here in the past. Here he is advising young people, stop wasting money on clothes that you'd hardly wear. Have a listen. So if you're 20, listen to what Mr. Wonderful's saying here. You need three baseball caps. You need six T-shirts. You need three pairs of jeans. White, traditional blue, and black. And when they wear out, buy another one. Don't buy all that crap you don't need. I think about all the crap I bought that I never used. Okay, so six T-shirts and three pair of jeans. So, you know, obviously you would save some money with not spending a ton of money on clothes that you don't wear. Uh, Again, Kevin or Dylan, does this make any sense to you? Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and again, there's an element of truth there. <laughs> Obviously, we need to be reasonably responsible with our finances. That's just a basic rule for human beings. But yeah. talking about the wealth gap, like I just want to give a little bit of a sense of, of what we're talking about here. The wealth gap between those over the age of 60 and under the age of 40 has doubled since the 1970s. It's doubled. Yeah. So if you are a baby boomer, Uh, Under the age of 40 in 1989, uh, your generation controlled 21% of the wealth in North America. Today, millennials the same age that boomers would have been in 1989 own 5%. Uh, A study came out by the National Bank of Canada earlier this year that said that if you're making a very high salary, $322,000 a year, I don't know anyone my age, I'm 28, Mike, making $300,000 a year. It would take the average Vancouver resident nearly 38 years to save up for the required down payment with a savings rate of 10%. So this is a lot more than scrimping and saving on coffee, sandwiches, and T-shirts. Okay. On this precise point here, Dylan, let's listen to
0: a guy you know, Paul Kershaw, researcher at UBC. You've debated him on the show on some of these points in the past. And here is, I thought this was a kind of a clear summary of a point that you just made here. How long does it take making the money that people make right now, like a realistic income? How long does it take to save up for a down payment for a home in, the, in Metro Vancouver compared to what it used to take? Okay, so we're talking about, let's go back to the 1970s. You mentioned 1970s. How long did it take people to save up for a down payment back then? compared to right now. Let's listen to him and then I'll get your thoughts. Here's Paul Kershaw.
1: In the mid 1970s when baby boomers were young
2: adults coming of age, it took five years of full-time work for a typical young person uh, to save a 20% down payment on an average priced home. If you flash forward to today, it's 17 years across the country, 22 in Ontario and BC, 27 in Metro Vancouver.
0: Okay is 27 years to save up a down payment in Metro Vancouver. You had a similar number that you cited there, Dylan. So when you hear this, so here's the reality. Like when you hear existing homeowners say, look, young people, come on, you just got to suck it up a little bit here and make some sacrifices in order to save up. Is it possible to save up this amount of money for a down payment right now? Like what's got to change to make it affordable?
1: yeah, and Paul's bang on with that point. I think where Paul and I uh, will deviate in our opinion, and we've discussed this on your show in the past, is, you know, Mr. Kershaw will talk about, you know that wealth gap is something that needs to be taxed. And we need to tax and punish. Uh, successful baby boomers who have made money over time. I don't think that's the solution. I think the solution is that we need to even the playing field. We were on a per capita basis building so much more housing supply in the 1960s and 70s than we are today. CMHC has estimated that we need a million new units of housing by 2030 in British Columbia alone. A million new units to get back to decent levels of affordability. And what I mean when I say that is price of housing rising with income levels. And that's the disparity that we're seeing. The price of housing compared to rising incomes has been vastly disproportionate over the last 20 years. So we need a million new units. We're on track right now by 2030 to build 400,000 new units of housing. So we're not even at halfway. That's the big challenge. So what's happening now is you've got a generation that's been priced out of the market, that's becoming a perpetual renting class that will never purchase a house in their lives. Unfortunately, we've got a rental vacancy rate of less than 1% in the region because there's no dedicated rental supply coming in either. So uh, the answer really is that we need to make some big level policy changes to build a whole heck of a lot more housing in this region.
0: Okay, so you see it as more of a supply side Of the argument then that we if we can supply more the price will go
1: down correct yeah that is the case with every other commodity on the market sometimes we struggle with it a little bit on on the housing side but that's fundamentally what it is we're not building housing it's an excruciating process to get new uh, units of housing built uh, in this region and in this country i don't know Uh, You know, if you've ever had a chance to go to a public hearing and just to see the onerous process to get one single project approved, it can take years, sometimes half a decade or longer to get one single building of housing built. So we really need to reframe and stop this kind of, you know, I I hate to borrow this phrase from 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 others, but this kind of gatekeeper mentality where we say, "Okay, you know, we we were first here into this city or this region. We're going to close the doors behind us and not let anyone else come in. First of all, that's not very neighborly. Second of all, it also causes problems in the local economy to say, oh, well, too bad, you know, you, you know, I had to scrimp and save and move out to further out, you know, people, young people today, they can move out to Vancouver Island or Vanderhoof, that's a common thing. Okay, well, we've got a local economy that's based on having retail workers and workers, uh, firefighters and nurses making uh, median incomes of sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 a year. If we don't have places for them to stay in Metro Vancouver, we're yeah. going to get to a much bigger crisis than just a housing crisis.
0: Okay, Dylan, please stand by. Let's fit in a quick break here right now as we must do. My guest, Delta City Councillor Dylan Kruger, and we're talking about this difficult economy right now, especially in the housing market, especially for young people trying to break into a first home. Now, you heard some of the clips we played there from Kevin O'Leary, okay? The Canadian businessman, Mr. Wonderful. He says, look, a lot of young people are just wasting money. Stop buying those $5 lattes. Brown bag your lunch. Cut down on the number of clothes you buy. Do you agree with them? Do you think that young people do waste a lot of money? Do you think if they got a little bit more disciplined, they would be able to afford a home? You phone me and let me know. What is the answer here? You heard Dylan mention this idea of an equity tax on existing homeowners. It's been kicked around. Is that the answer? Spread that wealth around? Or we just got to build more stuff. If we build more housing, do you think it would be affordable? Lots of calls on this topic. We always do. Peter and Langley. Hey, Peter, go ahead. Yeah, thank you for taking my call.
2: Um, So I'm old enough to remember Expo 86 and the effects of it, and I've always advocated for a 33% uh, foreign buyer's tax. So if you're a foreign foreign person, you don't work here, you don't live here, but you're just parking your money 33% right off the top. That would free up more available housing because it would be, unless you really want to park your money here, you're not going to pay the 33% because where I work, I see it firsthand where the effects of young people uh, not being able to live here anymore. Most yeah. of them either uh, pack up and move, they go to Calgary. So index this 20 years, people, and stop and think of where the workforce is going to come from. Because if, the idea of scrimping and saving is, 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 is pointless. Because, I mean, the percentage that you're talking about is, what, 10%, 15%? It yeah. doesn't make no difference at all. But the workforce is what really scares me, because I see it firsthand now.
0: Sure. Peter, people need a place to live. Peter, thank you for the call. Well, we have a, a foreign buyers ban
1: right now, never mind a, a tax, correct, Dylan? That's right. We started with a tax in 2017, then the tax was increased (laughs) under this uh, provincial government, and the federal government has now instituted a ban on foreign buyers. So we we knew that it was an element, a very, very small element of the market. The ban is in place, and the crisis continues to get worse. Yeah. Clint in Surrey. Hi, Clint. Go ahead.
2: Listen, you're you're a thousand percent right, and Kevin O'Leary is a thousand percent right. These people... I I take the bus. I've got the money. I can drive my car around. You know, you know, with the gasoline price and all that. I don't. I take the bus. I'm 70 years old. I take the bus. These people, I I see them leave a half a latte or these these iced coffees or whatever they are. They must be five to eight dollars. You know, almost almost uh, three three quarters full in the cup in them.
1: Yeah. They're, they're,
2: you know these people can 't save any money they, they sure can they can cut out all this stuff. I never did that when i was uh, i had I had nineteen percent I paid for my mortgage in the yeah. '70s, yeah, and I scraped up enough money to get a house because I cut back on everything I drove old cars and all that. These people went out and bought boats, motor homes, expensive cars, and all that i, I don 't feel a thing for these people. You okay. know that. I know
0: that. Okay, Clint. Thank you for that call. We heard that a lot, Dylan. Especially people look back at when inflation was running wild and interest rates went through the stratosphere back in the '70s. Your thoughts?
1: Yeah, and and <coughs> interest rates were were through the stratosphere on you know fifty, eighty thousand dollar homes. So I, I think the proportion right. of payment was was still different. Now, having said that, look there might be an element of society that the caller is speaking to, and, and I don't know many of those people personally. I, I think a more realistic reality is I got people who I know in my life making you know good average incomes for their age, two, two incomes in the household, working really hard and just seeing the gap get, get bigger and bigger and bigger. And if you've gotten to the point where you say, look, I'm never gonna be a homeowner, then have your latte, frankly. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, have, you know Look forward to, to having some small enjoyments in life if, if okay. housing uh, is, is out of the table.
0: Squeeze in one more call. Aurora in Vancouver. Aurora, you have 30 seconds here.
2: Hi, Mike. I agree with the last caller of 70 years old. I am on that bracket. On 1970s, I was paying 22% interest. But I'll tell you, I'm, I've been here since 1965. I'm an emigrant. But I did five jobs to Mm. be able to save money. I never went to the restaurant. I never bought a coffee. I didn't go to the hockey games. I didn't go to any place saving the money for a roof over my head. And now that I have it, now you're telling me you're going to, no, you, I mean, this, this situation, comes over and, and talks those people,
1: that
2: yeah. have a, you know, I paid my, my due, and I used to work for 25 cents an hour, Mike.
0: Thank, thank you, Aurora. I would love to keep listening to you, but uh, up against the clock, I certainly appreciate your call. More calls coming in. Dylan, we'll just have to have you back. Thanks for coming on.
1: Thanks, Mike, anytime.